It's not, it's not worse than the old busy way. No, it's not. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's nice. As long as you're doing things, as long as you're doing something yeah. that you like doing. Yeah, exactly. You? Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Welcome to the interesting health and safety podcast, making health and safety as important as everything else we do in business. Hi there, it's Colin here. Welcome to the interesting health and safety podcast. This week we're doing uh, an interview with uh, with a guy called Jason Anker. Um, Jason had an accident um, uh, 20, 20 years ago now, uh, where he fell from height and um, and uh, and basically is uh, is paralysed now. And um, he does a lot of uh, a lot of motivational uh, motivational speaking work. Um, and um, and for a long time he spoke about the about the accident, but 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 now he's he's talking more about the mindset and uh, and. And I'd just love you to have a listen, and uh, and then we'll have a we'll have a chat at the end. So here is uh, here's Jason. Jason, I really appreciate you uh, coming and meeting up with us. Okay. Are you able to just explain a little bit about about who you are? You know. Yeah. Um, my name's Jason Lanker. I had um, a fall from height uh, in nineteen ninety three when I was twenty four years old. Mm-hmm. I fell ten feet from ladder on the building site. Uh, doing a job I shouldn't have been doing. Um, all the usual um, problems with safety, the rush job, wrong piece of kit, we improvised, not on the course you speak up. Um, as I said, it results in me falling 10 feet from a ladder. Um, it was a, a Sunday afternoon, um, about half past three, mm-hmm. the lighters started to fail. So all the, all the things that you, you shouldn't do in safety, I did. Right. And obviously, you know, we, we all know that sometimes you get away with it, or the majority of times you will get away with it. It's the it's the time that you don't get away with it, and unfortunately that that was me. That was you, yeah. And what are you able to say? What happened? What, yeah, yeah, I um I fell ten feet. Um, I knew more straight away when I tried to talk about. It, I couldn't feel my legs. Right. So it was it was instant. You know, it was I was paralysed, and all the the fear, the thoughts that, oh my god, I can't feel my legs. But then straight away I'll be alright. Mm. It's always all the people, and you know. By the time I got to hospital, I had the first CT, uh, first um, X-ray. The doctor sort of confirmed my feelings that they couldn't find anything wrong. They thought it was um, a, a condition known as a spinal shock. Right. It's a condition we have a serious fall. So the prognosis was maybe in the next couple of hours, couple of days, couple of weeks, everything would be coming back and be fine. Right. Um, obviously, okay. my wife came into the room, you know, thinking everything was going to be all right. Um, 20 minutes later, I'd gone for a CT scan, just confirmed that, you know, let's have a close look, just let's just make sure. Um, and then just given the news that now we've found a fracture, you've got massive spinal injuries, and you're never going to walk again. Oh, my God. As bluntly as that. Right. Now, I mean, how, how, how did you feel? How did you feel um, at that point in time then? Still disbelief, you know, yeah. and things. you've been told that, but there's always besides that, you know, I went for an operation and they put some uh, stabilising rods in the back to stabilise my spine, to speed up recovery time. But there's always that nagging doubt that they plant the seed that we can say you're not going to walk, but with a spine injury, much like a brain injury, we're never quite sure. Mm-hmm. And then there's always that possibility that you could be the person who has that miracle where all your feelings come back. So you sort of left in a little bit of a limbo, really. Mm. Um, and even I got moved to Sheffield to a spinal rehabilitation centre <clears throat> after a week. And again, I thought I'd gone there to learn how to walk, if I'm being totally honest. 
Mm. Um, but it wasn't. It was just a place where you went to learn how to live the rest of your life in a wheelchair. Mm. Um, but again, the, their, their prognosis is um, well, two or a couple of years after your accident, we're not 100% sure that's going to be <coughs> after two years. Mm. We can more or less say that's what you've got then mm. will be what you've got forever. Nothing really came back at all, really. Mm. You know, I can remember once waking up in the, in the morning and my toes were wiggling. Right. And they always said that your feet will come back in your feet first. Okay. I woke up one morning with my big toes wiggling. Right. Um, so I rang excitedly, rung the bell, and the nurse came and said, my foot's moving, and she'll do it again. And I couldn't do it again. Okay. I kept staring and staring. It's just reflexes. Right. So, you know, I think it's a, a bit of a cliche, the roller coaster, but it was. Mm. And then every time I thought I'd got over the next hurdle, the next one would come along and knock me down again. It was, mm. it was a really, really tough time. Mm. I've, I've, I've read on your, your website that, you know, on the after after the event, you drink sort of... Yeah, drop. you know, I, I, your marriage at the time, it, it didn't stand a chance. You know, yeah. it, she left the day I came out of hospital and taking my kids and at the time it seemed massive. I was you know, twenty five, just turned twenty five and guess the rest of life in a wheelchair and my wife and my, and my children have gone and mm. yeah. Um I didn't handle it very well but there wasn't the level of support that maybe is available today. Mm. Um for, for the whole family. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I often see some of the presentations sometimes that um the roles quickly change when in hospital. Mm-hmm. When you're in hospital and you're the patient, people come and visit and you are the victim. Mm-hmm. They ask you if you're okay. And, mm-hmm. But when you leave hospital, you sort of notice that you're there. The roles have changed. People okay. ask you if you're okay, but they don't want to say that you're not. Mm-hmm. They want you to say, yeah, I'm fine. So you learn okay. quickly that other people are really struggling as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially, I think especially when you think you've caused the accident. You know, I felt so much blame of the accident, of course. You know, ruined my life. But when... Around my dad and my family and my friends, how they were sort of struggling to deal with how I was struggling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so drink quickly got a hold of me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then that that led on to, to depression. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, I, you know, I was suffering depression, but again, things were a lot different. It was basically antidepressants. Mm. Um, I was abusing those. I was drinking here. They take antidepressants. I I start to see a social worker not a counsellor a social worker just trying to help me a little bit deal with things but over time I, I, I was going through so much to open up to somebody else about my problems it just mm. didn't seem right again what we know now to back them was different the guy was trying to pry into my childhood and what sort of person <coughs> I was and I thought what's that going to do with what I'm going through I'm in a wheelchair you know mm-hmm. um, um, and then unfortunately I I just drifted into a world of drugs. Again, drug taking for me wasn't um, to get high or anything. I was a way of escaping. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was 24, 25. My friends were still taking me out places, but I felt so anxious going to nightclubs and bars in the wheelchair and playing toilets. So all the anxiety was massive. So instead of like um, not going out, I went the opposite. I went out and be like, did everything. You know, mm. so, you know just really, really struggling. We, we talk about it often now, but all my friends knew I was really struggling, but they literally didn't know what to do. No. They was just, what, what, what do we do? Mm-hmm. We've got this guy, one of our friends, his, his life's you know, come to his point, and we, we didn't know as a group of friends what to do. So they just sort of allowed me to do what I did and just took me home and put me to bed and just mm-hmm. cared for me. 
in their way. In their way, yeah. Yeah, they thought it was doing the best thing. Do you still keep in touch with any of those now? Yeah, obviously, we, we, we come from a small village, so, yeah, I've got a good fan, you know, friends base of good friends who've always sort of been there. You know, and we talk about often now that, you know, as a group of friends, we, we didn't know what we was doing, we just we did the best what we could, could for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, hindsight's always that, but we, we haven't got away, you know, we can't use it, but mm. they thought it was doing the best for me, but they, it actually wasn't, so. And if you, you know, is there better support now, do you think? Or? I, th- I think so, just the, just awareness of what mental health, mental well-being is, I think there is, mm-hmm. you know, it's not so much of a stigma task for help anymore, even though mm-hmm. we need to get a lot better. Mm-hmm. There are, are sort of, um, High-profile people who've sort of had accidents and come forward, so it seems it's definitely better today. Although mm. we've got a long way to go. No, that's uh, that's really that's really interesting. And then, you know, and, and I suppose what you've been able to do is you've you've been able to find a way a way through now. Then, yeah, I mean, you know, going from the safety side of it, I started speaking 16 years after the accident. Okay. And again, when I first started, I was introduced to a guy called Dan Terry. Mm-hmm. He was doing sort of, sort of behavioural stuff. He was really, you know, thinking to himself that the safety videos that were shown on courses didn't really have a lot of impact. It was mm-hmm. just kind of a screen. So his whole idea was to get people who had real accidents in the room so we could live his safety course but have a real life story in the room. And that's okay. how I sort of got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that meant that I'd go along, do my presentation first in the morning and spend the rest of the day listening to what Dan was saying about safety you know culture all these things i i just picked up on loads of things you to say i thought you know that, that really sort of resonates with what i did so mm-hmm. from, from that i um started doing presentations on my own using a, not not dan's material but some of the things i sort of resonated with me <coughs> because dan's material wouldn't have been dan's material no, you know no, what i mean it, it would have been, like, it it been, like been the, stuff that he would have yeah, learned sort of different ideas mm-hmm. of how we can influence people so I suppose that when I started for the first couple of years, I was really angry still about my accident. Mm. You know, I'd never dealt with it. You know, I was full of anger and blame for the people. And it probably came across in my early presentations that I, was, I used to swear quite a lot. And I was very angry. And mm. then from that, I went to this period of um, wanting to spoke up that day. So the whole focus of my presentations was if I can let people go away after the presentation, I've sort of cracked, you know, and that sort of followed me around for about um, six years. It was all about get people to speak up, get people to speak up. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I realised all this new stuff that's going around that maybe that's not always the, the answer. The answer is the, the mental awareness side of it as well. Mm, yeah, that's, you, you mentioned a word earlier on, mental well-being. And I really, I really like that sort of term, you know, because that's what, it's, that's, you know, that's what it's, it's, it's about, isn't it? It's about, the, you know, your, your, how, how you're feeling, your state of mind, you know, the decisions that Absolutely. you're making, you know. So can you talk a little bit then, I suppose, you know, what you're really looking at here is, is maybe stuff that was going on before, yeah. before the event, I mean. Absolutely, you know, even up until probably a year ago, um, it was always Max and Story presentation started with January 3rd, 1993, the day of accident, mm. going forward from there. And it's only in the last sort of year I've really gone back sort of nine months before my accident mm-hmm. and maybe look at the what was going on in personal life. You know, that influenced my decision that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, my young marriage was, was struggling. I just job, lost my job as a songwriter. I left from school. Um, loved the job. It wasn't the best paid job in mm-hmm. the world, but, mm-hmm. you know, I loved it. I was very arty and it was fantastic. And then being maybe done in 92, uh, I already had my daughter. She was pregnant with Sam at the time. Um, I got to find my work. 
Mm-hmm. And fortunately, I just had some friends who used to get work on the power stations during the outages on the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really good pay. Mm-hmm. But it was really, really hard work. Seven days a week. Okay. He was away from home, got straight on the marriage. <coughs> I was on the point of the night, my friends drinking far too much, eating crap food, takeaways. Um, put a massive strain on marriage. So, you know, money's not always the, the, the greatest thing, but we sometimes think there's a best way to save is pay people money. Money's not always the, the best thing. No. Um, and then working on the building site, again, I hated it. You know, I was cold, it was winter. I was helping the farm walls, roofing business. I would no experience with roofing, although I'd always worked at height. So in, in, a, in a way, I got the knowledge of what was wrong, what was right. I just chose not to uh, speak up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then that ended up, uh, you know, playing out the play, the yeah. way it played out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so when you were actually, you know, you were going into work, you were, you didn't want to be there. Yeah. You know, you had a lot of there's a lot of shit going on yeah, outside absolutely. of work. Absolutely. You know, so you weren't you weren't really focused on no, not at all. I, I think you know, in my opinion, um, when Target Zero came out, sort of late. Twenty ten, we start popping up, and people panicked, and then we start all coming, start saying it, and then realizing that the wishing never said that. And I think mental health came on board. And I think for some people, we, we just set off a canter. Oh, let's do something about it, mental health. And mm-hmm. yeah, of course, we need to we need to help people who are struggling in the workplace. Absolutely, but there are so many more people that are actually struggling just mental well being problems. Could be marriage breakdown, debt problem children, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And I think these are the people who are missing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the only time we ever hear about, or the only time we ever know this is when there's been an accident. Mm-hmm. But after, after the accident, much like mine, after the day after the accident, people then start coming forward. Mm-hmm. And so he's struggling, his wife's left him all. Mm-hmm. He's got debts. So they talk about the day after accidents as if it's not, it's not um, got any impact on safety. Mm-hmm. And I actually believe that the, the, the mental wellbeing side has got so much impact on people's safety and maybe we should look more at trying to improve people's well-being in the workplace mm-hmm. you know just raise safety and look, look maybe raising people's well-being so if someone's struggling at home again this is our opinion if, if people are having a bad time at home and they can come to work and have a really really good day at work mm-hmm. they may they may actually work better than they arrived mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. the mantra safety is let's send people home the same way they arrive you know we want to sort of raise them by a little bit why not? You know, if someone's on a, had a really, really good day at work and he goes home and he may go home in a different frame of mind, you know, straight home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or if it's in a bad place, he'll probably go to the pub and have a couple of pints mm-hmm. on his way home from work. And then mm-hmm. when he gets home from work, he sits on the set here and watches TV where mm-hmm. if he's had a good day at work, maybe he takes kids on the park, mm-hmm. plays football with the kids on the park and comes home. And mm-hmm. you just don't know how far he's got going. I think we are definitely missing this thing about mental well-being. Absolutely. I think again, you know, what you're saying there, you know, it is. It's so easy to just fall into this, um, and you know, let's let's send people home the same way that they came to yeah. work. And you think, well, you know, no, well, you know, let's 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 get people working in an environment and, and, and being in an environment, you know, where you know where they actually they actually it's it's positive. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they can absolutely. you know, and they can they can learn something. They absolutely. can influence something. They can work in a in a. Um, I suppose in a, in, a, in a group of people that they they really like to work Absolutely. with, are proud Absolutely. to be part of. Absolutely, you know, 
Whilst we um before we, we did the, uh, the 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 chat today, we were, we were having a bite to eat, and you were and you were talking a bit about um about the the nineteen seventies and the nineteen eighties, and about how safety back then maybe wasn't as 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 prominent as it is now, but 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 things were a bit better in some ways. Yeah. And you were talking a bit about 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 the community side. Can, yeah, you, can you talk about that? Uh, a yeah, bit more? absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, this is just my viewpoint. Of it. Just by hearing what people are saying at the minute, that maybe in the seventies, eighties, safety wasn't great, but it was what we knew. We didn't know any different. This mm. is what it was. But um, what we did really well was the well-being side, and it wasn't called well-being. It was called the social. You know, each company would invest in the social club. So these guys, you know, guys would play football together or the darts team or whatever it was, and we'd socialise and and maybe all go to the the same sort of um, recommends club on Saturday and they chat about you know whatever, but. If somebody hadn't turned up for the social club on a Saturday night, Monday morning, everyone else wanted to know where was your Saturday night. Mm. So we, we had that level of care where nowadays the culture is people just sit on the phones. Mm-hmm. People don't even speak. And I, I had a, I had a conversation with a guy who spoke about this in a presentation quite recently where he said that him and his friend met through work, worked here for about five years. They start socialising outside work. Girlfriends got on with each other. They played football together. And... Um, First game of the season, one of the lads had been uh, carried off with a suspected broken leg. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, Monday morning is not at work. He said, normally when we're at work, we don't talk to each other at all. Mm-hmm. Say hello, and we sit on the phone every break, just sit on the phones. He said, Monday morning, he's not at work. What did I do all day? I'll send him text messages. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Are you okay? So I'm speaking to him when he's not at work, and yet when he's at work, I don't speak to him. So for me, again, this is a bit of a sort of missing. If we can get into this routine, we start talking to people again. I go into so many canteens. Um, sometimes we present in canteens and um, prior, to, prior to us going on there's just no noise people just sat there and things mm-hmm. you know we used to be canteen used to be a place where we used to talk to each other and I think mm-hmm. that's the bit again that could be missing from this if, if, we, if we really want to improve safety we, I think we have to look elsewhere than just safety mm, no, no I really I really get that I mean I I do a lot of work in the quarrying industry and it's, and it's not unusual for for a guy on, a, on an excavator or a loading shovel to have his to have his his lunch his bait yeah. on yeah. on the machine, yeah. you know, and he's, you know, and, and it's not it's not a it's not a great environment to eat anyway, yeah. you know, it's not very clean, but then but but it's definitely missing out on that yeah. on that that's that building that building that workplace community. Absolutely, you know, if you felt like it was worth his while coming down from the crane, going to come to have a chat and mm. you know, a crack with the lads. He'd probably come down, but if you mm. don't, no one speaks anyway. Yeah, you think, oh, I might as well. So, but the fact that you're actually climbing up and down the ladder is exercise anyway. So, mm-hmm. goes back into all this mental health and the well-being side and, the, and your physical well-being as well. It's just not mental well-being; it's physical well-being as well. Oh yeah. So, how, I mean, how how could businesses go about changing that? Then, do you think? What? Uh... I think you know the company I'm working for now with with Tim Marsh is really looking at the side of it that you know. It's not safety culture, it's just culture. People just need to look at the culture of businesses and mm-hmm. find out why companies are struggling and maybe not just always want to look at the safety side of it. Is that if we're struggling, let's look at safety. Mm-hmm. If we want to raise you know, profits, let's look at safety and mm-hmm. let's tie that up. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not sort of that side of the business, you know, Tim's this side of it, I'm, I'm sort of the, the motivational side of it, trying to get people to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I if I get people to to maybe want want to change and maybe that thing, what companies doing to to facilitate that change? You know, I can go and do a presentation 
I was sort of speaking over lunch and hopefully after the presentation, nine plus, I hope, percent of the audience would be inspired to do something different. But I know, um, just by what, you know, after a month, I suppose I dropped about 50 or 60. And after three months, you're looking at 50% of people. Mm -hmm. But six months down the line, just because <coughs> we are, we've got so, we're so busy, you know, 5% of people might still be affected by my story. And I've always been quite comfortable with that, as I said over lunch, because I've always said if I can change one person, then, but with this, all this mental well-being, I think we've got an opportunity to change a lot more people. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of the industries that you work in, like in construction, um, I do a lot in construction, manufacturing, engineering, you know, there's a lot of people there that, that, that yeah. struggle to open up. And yeah, they struggle absolutely. To uh, again, do a presentation, always one or two people will come and share a story at the end with us. Mm-hmm. You know, usually a fourth my internet I had 20 years ago. Mm. But since we started bringing this side of it, you know, we still do the safety side of it, obviously, but since we started bringing the, 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 the well-being side of it in, we've got like 20 people queued up waiting to talk to us. And mm-hmm. it can be ranging from one guy, his dog had died. He was at work really struggling because his dog, and then <coughs> you know, other people with debt problems or mm. problems with their kids, and they're bringing those problems to work. And if you can only concentrate so long anyway, you know, how, what happens with all these things in the mix as well, where people are coming to work with problems from home, not speaking to them about it at work. And sometimes that's all it takes. It's not own people having time at work. Mm-hmm. These people maybe have got a problem at home, come to work and just have a chat before we start, you know, I have a few problems at home and just get off the chest before we start work. So <coughs> if I was um, running a high-risk uh, uh, um, task that needed doing that day on site, and I've got guys who are really, really switched on in a good place, or a guy who's really, really struggling, not straight to everybody yet, he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders, do I really want him in charge of the operation? Mm. You know, we call it, you have been calling this new thing the blind spot, and it's, it, it, it's the bit that's missing. Mm-hmm. People, people are so concentrated on you know, rules and procedures and training, and if something goes wrong, we'll, we'll, we'll send them some, some retraining or you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll give them a yellow card or a red card or whatever it is. And it seems that they think that that's actually improved, and it's, mm-hmm. it's not. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's looking at it a completely different way. I think that's I think that's really important. Um, you know, I look at, uh, you know, you mentioned there rules, you know, workplace rules. They, um, they are fine to uh, until they get weaponized. Yeah. Until until somebody starts to say, "Well, they broke that rule," yeah. and and you know, and I'm I'm just thinking now. I, I I can't think of a of a of a, a safe system of work or a work instruction or a method statement that I've seen where the opening line on that is check the mental well being of the person before you start absolutely, this job. Absolutely. Wouldn't would, wouldn't that be a you wouldn't that be a powerful thing, you know? And whether it needs to be written down or not, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think but I think that's it. This shouldn't should be something that's written down. This nah. is something we should just do. Yeah. If, if companies have got a really good culture, you know, the mind should be able to spot that on a Monday morning that his guys, one of his guys isn't quite right. He mm-hmm. spends the time every week just chatting to his guys, mm-hmm. gets to know his guys. You know, if, if people say, oh, I haven't got the time. I think, how much time of the day do you waste doing other things? How much mm-hmm. time do you waste to sit on your phone? We can find time to be able to spend out on site and you know, just on a Friday afternoon for our guys finishing, just go out and saying, have a, have a good weekend, guys. Mm. What, what's your plans this weekend? Mm. They're Monday morning, they haven't done what they're going to do. And I, mm. I know we can't speak to everybody, but we can always get the flavour of what's happening out on site just by, mm. the, just by speaking to people. And I think, you know, you, you, know you, you, you raise a valid point there. You can't speak to everybody. You know, it's, um, 
you know, um, not easily anyway. Um, but then you probably don't need to. You know, there, there, will, there will be people that are doing jobs that maybe don't need the, 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 the attention, the focus. Um, you know, they might not be working at height or in confined spaces or working with live electrical equipment or moving equipment or whatever it is. But, but the people that are, yeah, maybe they're the ones that you need to go and talk to. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's, it's not always about accidents. I also, the guy in procurement who's under a lot of pressure I know it sounds might sound trivial, but he's he's been tasked to get hundred glasses, you know, safety glasses, and all of a sudden he's on ten thousand. And mm. we'd ask why he's just he, he's a fool, he's an idiot for making a mistake that big. But we're not even looking at the knocking effects of, of you know it can start it can start in the office this problem it festers, doesn't it? And all of a sudden you've got a, a problem on the shop floor. Then so for me, if we can help people and people sort of are aware that there's help out there. You know, it's okay not to be okay. I think it's a buzzword going around, but mm-hmm. I, I really get, I really get it. Mm-hmm. You, know, it's, 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 you know, we live in a culture now where everyone's got to succeed in life. Mm-hmm. You're only a winner if you succeed. And to say you're struggling seems to be that bit that we're still struggling with. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, it's also, it's, you know, what, what is success? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and a lot of people see success as a financial thing. Yeah. But, but Meg, yeah. you know, you said, you said earlier on that you were, you were working seven days a week earning a load of money yeah. but you weren't happy no totally yeah. unhappy yeah I mean, it's massive you know people you got to have a job you enjoy and I was at this old um, there's an old story goes around but um, I, I liked it Tim told me a few years ago actually that the, the janitor in the 60s I think JFK had gone to visit NASA for the first okay. time mm-hmm. he bumped into a janitor and he said what do you do mm-hmm. he said I help put people on the moon yeah, yeah, yeah. so he got it yeah. and he felt part of the team you know NASA would have to be spots to clean out and do his job to his the best he could do mm. and knock on effect to other people and I think that's that's really good. I've gone some sites sometimes. I think the you know, especially construction, uh, they've got labourers on site and I think they're not treated particularly very well. Mm. You know, yeah, you know, without these guys who the labour on sites, buildings won't get built. So it's mm. like, you know, people need to be valued in what whatever mm. job they've got. If people are valued and feel good about themselves, you know, Generally, someone talks about having a bad back. Mm. We have a couple of days off work. Is that bad back really that bad? They have to be off work, mm. or are they masking that because they, they just want to feel like we need a couple of days off work. Mm. So it goes back into all this absenteeism and presence and all things like that. People feel they can come to work. Maybe that twinge you got on the golf course doesn't start coming to work Monday morning. Mm. And yet, if you're in a bad place of work, you probably have a couple of days off, mm-hmm. which add on to a knock-on effect all the time. So. For me, I keep banging on about it, but it's like I've been not reborn. But I feel like I've got this new purpose. That you know, yeah, safety's always been my thing. Stop people having accidents. But I think by by talking about these new things, this new approach, yeah, of course it's safety. It's always going to be safety for me because of what happened to me. But I realise now that my accident was not really caused by a broken rule or a broken procedure. I think I was just broken as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's probably why I do what I did. Mm-hmm. Without raising too much of a fuss. Mm-hmm. You were saying it was quite a simple, quite a simple job that you were going to do. Yeah, it just you know it was just trying. We'd been working on a on a flat roof, which was for the standards back then was pretty good actually. It was a, there was some um, an open edge with full edge protection. The ladder was secured. It was the the roof job came in end of shift. Where mm. again, the farming all the time was probably a bit of pressure because he's looking for more work for his guys. Mm. So he felt he was obliged to go and have a look. Maybe he was thinking. Well, maybe it's not quite right, but if we get this, we 
Pence got more work than the friends. So mm-hmm. it's not always black and white, just blaming people up the ladder. They're just trying to do the, I think the majority of people just try to do the best thing. And sometimes mm-hmm. things get in the way. And it, unfortunately, it's normally there's been an accident that all comes out after the accident. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just thinking, why can't we find a way of getting this, this stuff out before the accident happens? Yeah. And what, you know, and that, you know, and, you know, what you're talking about, their blame, you know, blame, Blame just shuts people up. You know, blame and learning don't go hand in hand. They two are two are apart. So, so you know, when you're when you're going then and you're going and you're talking to your to, to your clients and you're talking like like you are now, what what are you looking for businesses to do? You know, as a result of you of you coming in, you know, you have got these people that are coming up and talking to you and telling you telling you about their yeah. what what happens to that information? Does it? Well, that's it really for me. That's where. That's where, where really why I joined up with Tim. Um, I could always do that, so I can go. Yeah, this is what this is my inspiration to speak with, and that was fantastic. What do we do afterwards? And mm-hmm. uh, all the stuff we were proud to say was we try to make the impact of the story last as long as we possibly could by using yeah. stuff like the media, like videos and posters and revisits and things like that. But we knew that there came a point where they had to do something else, and so many companies just get a speaker in. Normally, or not so much now, but in the past, there'd been an incident. We mm-hmm. thought, oh, dear, we'll get a speaker in to try. And it, I would say that's the wrong way around. It has mm-hmm. to be before to stop happening. But even now, with some companies will get a speaker in and think that is that is the answer to all the problems. Mm-hmm. We'll get a speaker in, that'll solve everything. So for me, if it's all that, then the soft skills that comes after it. So now that's why the new business is so well placed because. We can have the inspirational talk, but then we can provide companies with all the stuff afterwards, you know, the training, the soft skills, skills for the frontline supervisors and the management. So that's okay. where this, the, the back end of the business is. Bank and Marshall is really um, is really working. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so it isn't it isn't just a one a one day visit and then off you you've got some support that you're giving to, to organisations. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing I would say to when we get especially when speaking to a new client who's never used this before is. You know, they ask us what we can do. We we always say, what do you want? Mm. And what what is it you think we can achieve? What mm-hmm. is it you're, you're after from our presentations? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you know <laughs> they don't actually know. They just think, oh, we'll get someone in that'll solve all our problems. And mm-hmm. I said, the the, the motivational side of it is such a small part. You know, I've always known that this one last week you can't change everybody. And, and you go in, it's got a shelf life of what it's going to be useful for. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, the the, the follow-on training is, is massive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that's um, that's uh, and do you, are you able to sort of you know sort of then monitor then how businesses how businesses? Yeah, in- obviously yeah. The, the the new company obviously with Tim's experience, uh, Tim Marshall's experience of of doing this is paramount, and companies stay with us for a long time. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just to go in, do a presentation, go out. Mm-hmm. This is a long-term relationship, and even in my experience. The companies I've worked for, which are still working for over a period of years, they are still getting the, the benefit of my presentations because it's like an ongoing relationship. Mm-hmm. The companies who's getting in for a couple of sessions and you know, hear them again, mm-hmm. they're probably just getting the speaker with somebody else a couple mm-hmm. of years later. So it is a longevity thing, and the longer you can work with a client and you know, go back and forth with their needs, it seems to work better. Mm-hmm. No, not good. That's, uh, that's, that's brilliant. That's, that's really cool. So we've um you know we've 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 split the ep- the episode into into two um, because it was going to go it was gonna, we couldn't stop talking uh, it was absolutely absolutely brilliant and um, 
and I just really just want to sort of focus, you know, because because what Jason started to talk about there is he started to talk about um, you know outside of outside of work and and how you know it's about it's about the fact. I love that line he says. You know, it wasn't it wasn't about breaking the rules or about breaking the procedures. He was he was broken as an individual, and um, and and that led him to to, to to make the decisions that he made that ended up with him um, him having the uh, having the accident. Um, and you know, and how often, how often do you, as uh, you know, as a, an, an individual, as a manager, you've got a you've got a task that's coming up that, that people need to really be on the ball with. How often have you actually stopped it because you didn't think the individual was up to doing it on that particular day? They might have been perfect yesterday or a week ago or three weeks ago. You know, um, they probably weren't. If they aren't right today, they probably weren't. But but on that particular day when the job's coming up, they aren't up for it. You know, or they aren't right for it, and you have got to, they've got to have the confidence to say, hey, no, not today. And you have got to have the confidence to say, hey, no, not today. Um, and, 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 and not worry about it. You know, because ultimately, you know, if you, if, you, if you put them to work and they aren't right and something happens, you're going to wish you hadn't done it. You know, so, so anyway, that's, um, that's, that's, that's the big message I got out of, uh, out of that first episode. Um, next week, we talk a bit about, um, uh, Investing in people and, and letting go of anger and, and and blame and stuff like that and uh, and really fascinating. Um, so so I hope you've enjoyed today and uh, and I really I really look forward to talking to you again when we uh, when we do the second half of the Jason Anchor interview. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Interesting Health and Safety podcast. You can follow and engage on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching the Interesting Health and Safety Community or go to www.influentialmg.com. And remember, let's make health and safety as important as everything else we do in business.